Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. I am Nathan. And uh, today I'm not going to talk too loudly or strain my voice too much because I did in fact lose it earlier in the week and mm-hmm. uh, then I had a show on Thursday night. So. Oh, so you lost it before you went to the show? I did. I lost it, I think, almost completely Wednesday afternoon and then Thursday night I had the show. Right. I thought so, you lost it because you were just going hard at the fucking concert. Nah, because... Like I mentioned in that last episode, I was coming off the back of a sinus infection and I think because I was all congested and gross, it was just like wearing out my voice when I was talking <laughs> so much at work. So you just stopped talking. Yeah. Yeah. I need to. Uh, well, I had the Friday off, so I was trying to, to rest my voice then. And Oh, you're a slacker. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so hopefully this, uh, this sounds all right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, we had a little kind of date this morning before we recorded. We, I mean, you say date. There were two other people. So it was a double date. <laughs> yeah, it was date. a double date. <laughs> you, me, and then uh, my partner. We were a partner. Girlfriend. Alex went with Sean. We That's... were the couple. Um, yeah, we went to the markets by the beach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a, a breakfast cob loaf thing. Yeah, that, that's it's too heavy for a breakfast, man. Like yeah. a cob loaf, that's something you're gonna eat when you're fucking at a party, mm. ten drinks deep, and just it's a good like plow it into your mouth. <laughs> it's a good share meal, but I'm all about that. And um, did you share that meal? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that cheese, egg, and bacon. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, how's your week been? I've got something to show you. And to show un- me, unfortunately, it's a bit of a visual thing. So okay. the, the viewers oh. are going to have to, uh, viewers, the listeners are going to have to bear with me. <laughs> I'll try to describe this in real time for okay. the listeners. I'm going to go on. I was talking to my sister mm. about an old house we used to live in because we used to live in Deception Bay. Yeah. Okay. And we moved out of that house. God, I don't know when maybe we were like 12 or something. Mm. So this is like over 10 years ago. So 11, before 11 we on years. She was talking about how she'd seen it on real estate and it's been like completely refurbished and like done up and shit. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was I was over there and I was like at her house yeah. and I was looking it up on realestate.com. Yeah. So if you go on to realestate.com, you type in 11 Kowali, which is K-E-R-W-A-L-L-I Street, Deception Bay. <laughs> this is an immersive experience for the listeners. That's it. So Play along okay. at home. So this is this bit's a bit of a Oh, my. But they've redone the kitchen. They've redone the house. Okay. Yeah, they, okay. they have photos of what it looks like yeah. to, to show, you know, and this is what we've done up. Mm. They've included old photos of the house oh, to say, weird. this is what it was. This is a pile of shit. Weird. Okay. Brick. They've done like a before and after Old stuff. Thing. Yep. Old photos. And this is what the rooms look, used to look like. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you zoom in there? What's what am that? I looking at? Oh, <laughs> there he is. The, the, the photos that they've included on realestate.com <laughs> That's great. are the photos of when we lived there and there's photos up of me and my siblings. <laughs> the little chubby Nathan with the yeah. blonde bowl cut. I feel like that's illegal. I mean, <laughs> Can I, they put like personal photos? That was like my that first online? thought, like, man, how do I sue? But that's, that's I, that was so funny. I found those great. while sitting next to my sister oh, and I was wow. like, you've got to see this. That's so funny. So that's crazy. Every now and then I like to look at old houses that I lived in when I was growing up in Victoria and see how like much they're worth now. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, that's depressing. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy, but that's so funny. So yeah, if you want to see a picture of young, wow. dashingly handsome me in black and white, there's just look <laughs> up that. That's great. So um, so what are we talking about today, Nathan? Uh, I'm excited for this one, man, because when we were in high school, we used to love zombies. Mm. We used to have a zombie plan. You wrote a, a short story about <laughs> zombies. We had the the fucking average yeah. day zombie movie. Dude, I was obsessed with zombies. I still am, but like when I was younger, um like I was watching heaps of zombie movies and shows and reading books about them and yeah, like I I wrote this story. I can't even remember what it was called. What did I end up giving it a title in the end or <sighs> 
Is it just called like homesick? Or something like that. It was a pun. Yeah, but I, I can't remember what it was called because yeah. there were two iterations. I think. Yeah, I think. I don't so. know why I'm counting two like the fucking devil <laughs> like sign. Like Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man. Um, yeah, because it was like our group of friends that we hung out with in in high school were the characters with different names in the, yeah, in the you, book. It, and I was, they, were, they were loosely based on us, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I ended up I put it, put in like a fair bit of effort into it. I think I hit like twenty five thousand words or something. Yeah, it was yeah, a couple, of, but, um, couple of fucking chapters. Yeah, because I had the idea to make it like a Tomorrow When the War Began kind of series where each mm. installment would be like the next kind of stage in our in our story, but didn't really get past, <laughs> I think, returning from this school camp or... Oh, no, it was just... It was like a schoolies camp, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we come back and like everything's just abandoned or in ruins and... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, my concept for that was that there were like these parasitic sea lice that were kind of in the water... And because we brought bottled water with us camping, that's why we weren't sort of um, consuming these mm. lice that then like made us these ravaging beasts. That's a good concept. Good as any. Mm. Yeah. But um, zombies. I suppose something we should start off by talking about is um, the concept of zombies. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot mm-hmm. of different types. And uh, yeah, well, we can, why don't we go back to the original? So what, yeah, there's because the zombies that we know now mm. are not what zombies always were. No, no, there's been evolution over the years for sure. Yeah, so they started as Haitian, like, voodoo mm. slaves. Yeah. Right, which is... Very it, different to... Very different. So, a lot of the... A lot cannibalistic of the, corpses. Yeah, I think we were talking the um, the first, like, sort of popular zombie movie mm. was one called White Zombie. Yeah, um, 1932, I Absolutely, believe. Yep, so yeah, fucking early. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And yeah, so that was... That kind of set up a bunch of tropes for the first wave of zombie movies mm. where the zombies were um, brought back using like drugs and voodoo magic. Yeah, yeah. And from like an evil fucking voodoo necromancer mm. who was behind it all. It was conjured. Yeah, they were they were conjured up to just be slaves. Like not they weren't they weren't eating the dead or anything. They were just doing the head no no voodoo mm. wizards bidding yeah yeah which is interesting and um it was an american film directed by victor halperin uh which was independent and of course starring bella lugosi this was cool too because it was like a single zombie wasn't it and it was a young woman so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. different different kind of uh story for a a lot of the zombie films um yeah well it would definitely not like the zombie apocalypse movies which came later yeah because when we think zombie films these days you think like end of the world Whereas this was like a single corpse and it was yeah. hidden. Like zombie goes hand in hand with apocalypse nowadays. Yeah. Whereas yeah. back then, you know, nice little much smaller scale. Mm. Just a zombie. For sure. And I mean, yeah, so that's one way. Voodooism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now like there's been, of course, the undead coming out of, you know, crawling out of graves and cemeteries and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come alive in morgues and things. There's viruses, infections, yep. fungus even. Um with and the Last of Us, yeah, Is the Last of Us, and Girl with All the Gifts, yeah, and uh, drugs. Even if you look at like, if you want to include Reanimator, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, that's another one where it's it's a lot smaller scale. Of it's mm. not a zombie apocalypse. It's just one guy who's created a drug that can bring someone back from the dead. But yeah, they're a zombie. Yeah. And so I think in that movie, there's only a couple of a couple of zombies. I mean, there is another one actually. There's like. You've got warm bodies, which is what I like to call a zom rom com, <laughs> <laughs> where it's essentially a sentient being, like they think and feel. Yeah, I never actually got around to watching that mm, because that's all right. I thought it leaned too much into the the rom part. Yeah, but I should go back and watch it. It's got Nicholas Holt, who I like. Mm. He's in a lot of good movies. Yeah, for sure. 
And I mean, there's a lot of films too in, in like the zombie universe where you never learn how they came to be. So, you know, it might not be a virus or radiation or, um, you know, anything like that. It's just set after the fact or because it's following the main character and it puts the viewer in their shoes. You're as unaware as they are. Yeah, I like that where it's, yeah, it's more centered around them. So they're not going to have the answers. So mm. why should you? Yeah. It definitely creates a sense of confusion. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's good too where they don't sort of nail down what the cause is. Um, <laughs> I trailed off that. I don't know where I was going. It's interesting talking about zombie films because they can be horrifying because it's a corpse. So it's going to have like body parts falling off and decaying and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it can be shot and, and not feel anything and still keep coming at you. But because it's such, I feel, an unbelievable concept, it's often used for comedy. Like, yeah, comedy or just everything except the zombie apocalypse. Mm. I feel most zombie movies, when you look at them, aren't like they're not necessarily, it's weird to call them zombie movies because yeah. they're, they're just movies about something that happens to take place in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not about like the zombie per se. It's just like generally following a family or something. Yeah. Trying to, trying to deal with it. Which, I mean, because realistically, if you just watch a movie about people in a zombie apocalypse that doesn't include any of those other stuff, mm. it's as one movie. You can't really continue to make a whole genre that yeah. way. Yeah, that's fair. But and when they uh, when they put it into like the framework of a zombie world, then add in all these themes and messages and shit like that, mm. then it's it's just another way to tell a story. Yeah, I feel like because the origins of the zombie have already been done to death in cinema, now they're more looking for different viewpoints when they make modern zombie films where it'll be sort of using the zombies more as an allegory for the human race. Mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. we've all essentially become mindless zombies <laughs> in a world where we're more connected than ever before, but never have we lost touch so quickly with each other. That's beautiful. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> Poetic. that that would have started with uh, with fucking Godfather of the current zombies is George Romero, right? Yeah, of like, course. He was, he was very big in Dawn of the Dead on mm. creating those like uh, like relations between the undead in the mall and the living. And yeah, it's pretty much the same person. Yeah, well, I think. Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 original, was the most like commercially successful in his trilogy. Yeah, well, when in his first one, sorry to go back, but in Night of the Living Dead, which we spoke a little bit about, yeah, and the when, remakes. when they were making that, they didn't refer to them as zombies, and they're not no. called, they're not called zombies in the movie. In behind the scenes, they just called them ghouls. Yeah, because that's they didn't right. they didn't fit the already established Haitian voodoo zombie, mm. and so they were more no, it's just ghouls that yeah, come back sure. from the dead and eat the eat the living yeah and yeah. then when he gets to the dawn of the dead that's when they actually say this is now what a zombie is yeah and i noticed too in dawn of the dead um they only use that word once once yeah it's not like oh there's all these zombies everywhere <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was an interesting development as well i guess but um yeah like that original we spoke in the remakes episode about how much we enjoyed um that even though they were like slow shambling creatures with like frozen fish eyes and you know they're not Green skin. very like aggressive or violent not really that menacing at all whereas in um dawn of the dead um which was written directed and edited by george a romero i noticed which is pretty cool so oh there you go okay. he was right up in that project <laughs> um 
it, it kind of had fun with it a bit more. It wasn't as serious as the first one because whereas the first one was like the seven or so survivors in a farmhouse, Dawn of the Dead, like you said, is in a shopping mall and the, the cast are two soldiers, a news reporter and a showrunner. So it's only the four people, three guys, one girl mm. from memory, before we get like the, you know, the bandits on the motorcycles yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. and led by Tom Savini, <laughs> which yeah. was very nice. Um, and you see like the woman kind of worrying upstairs and she's like hiding out and, and wanting to get help and everything. And then you find out she's pregnant as well, which yep. helps raise the stakes. Um, but then the three guys kind of just have fun with it and they're like, you know, down there, like laughing while they're shooting the zombies mm-hmm. and running around the mall doing whatever they want, like sliding down the escalator rails. Well, it kind of goes back to like the end of Night of the Living Dead where all those hillbilly rednecks are having fun with the zombies. Mm. It's kind of the same here where to them, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. And that that whole movie kind of, I guess, takes the what he'd established in Night of the Living Dead, which he later mm. was like, yeah, there were zombies. Um, instead of being like this horrific horrible movie where everything's drab and dark yeah like he he showed that it's it's a medium that can be used to like have dark humor yeah absolutely have like the deeper messages and just have fun with it yeah it doesn't doesn't have to all be horrific and awful you can have that some of that yeah with a bit of dark humor thrown in there which i think makes it a much more enjoyable film because you can kind of fantasize and put yourself in their shoes and it's like oh man what if you had this like bustling place like a shopping mall and it was deserted and you could do anything you wanted in there. Like, it's kind of fun to think about. <laughs> Literal kid in the candy store. Yeah, yeah. And there was like more <laughs> profanity and like <laughs> violence in the opening scene of this where it's like, um, you know, everything going wrong and like the panic at the TV station than mm-hmm. all of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> so well, what, what was the year but difference between them? Uh, Night of the Living Dead was 68 and this was 78, so oh, sorry, a decade. Years. Yeah, 10 years, a lot's going to change. Yeah, and obviously Dawn of the Dead was in colour. We should probably address as well. Yeah. So the blood was a more prevalent. It was like it was like bright red paint <laughs> as well. It was very vivid. Yeah. Um, but also the zombies are funny. They, they were like, they're more menacing in this, um, but they're still slow. Like they can just run or even walk right by mm. them. Well, yeah, because back back in those days when the zombies were pretty much becoming a, a new genre of movies, mm. they were the slow kind. There was no yeah. such thing as a fast zombie. Ever, it was just dead people brought back to life. Yeah, shambling along. And they, I like that they had blue skin, but it was like just the face. <laughs> it's like I guess to show the lack of blood flow. Yeah, I think because Tom Savini did all the the makeup effects and stuff for that movie, mm. I think he regrets it. It was meant to be sort of like a grey. And it, uh, and it was okay. in person, but when it was on film, the way they filmed it, it just happened to come up a bit bluish. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. So they, and weren't, they weren't originally meant to be blue. They were yeah. meant to be just a dark, pale grey. Well, I feel it worked all right because a lot of them are just recently deceased. It could just be a, a sign of asphyxiation or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a mortician or a coroner. <laughs> um, and it did have some awesome deaths and, and things that happened in this film, like the, the zombie getting scalped by the helicopter blades. Yeah. That was cool. Well, in the original uh, draft of that movie, I read that the original ending of it was meant to be when they go up on the roof. His name Peter is the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Peter is meant to commit suicide by shooting himself in the head. Oh. And then the girl whose name I can't remember, like yeah. is 
commit suicide by putting her head up into the helicopter blades. Jesus. But, so they just give up hope. <laughs> yeah, they because well, in, in the actual shot ending, they almost give up hope and then decide to keep fighting and go. Yeah, wow. Where, whereas this, like, in the original script, it was meant to be much darker and mm. it's hopeless, give up hope. Jeez. And, uh, so that really so would have been like as grim as the ending of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a good thing they changed it because... I don't know if it would have been quite as iconic mm. if it had a bit of a that much of a downer of an ending. Would but even at the end, they like they go to say even the helicopter has like fuck all fuel left. Yeah. So it is it's kind of a grim ending, yeah. but it's an open ended. So was it meant to have that original ending as well as all the like light hearted stuff throughout the film? I'm sure it was, yeah. Because that would have been a hell of a contrast. You have like a to go downhill that quickly. Fly on the top of your head. Sorry. <laughs> did I get it? Oh. You did. <laughs> um yeah, and like just some funny things in that, like the, the zombies on the escalators when they turn the power generators back on, and they're just like, like stumbling around as they're like going up or down, and they don't know how to walk. It's definitely um, yeah, it's fucking good because it's the first semblance of zombie movies being funny. Yeah, it's a bit goofy. Yeah, um, it's also funny that like the mall happens to have crates of survival kits everywhere, <laughs> and a gun store. Like, well, it's America. America. <laughs> yeah, like they were prepared for it before they knew zombies were a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was funny, um, and I suppose. While we're on the the classic George A. Romero trilogies, we should probably also mention Day of the Dead. Um, you can is... if you want. I've not seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, I've seen it like once or twice, and it, it was 1985, so it's it's got a lot of body horror because it's in that classic era when practical effects were at their peak. But it's like kind of lacking on story because it's essentially them surviving in like an underground bunker with a lab. It. I don't. So I haven't seen it. I don't know much about it. Is it more militaristic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. Because I've, I've heard that. It's, I, I, I kind of like that then because the first one is like if you if you call those a trilogy, then mm. the first one's just a remote farmhouse that's this tiny scale. Mm. You know, you don't know much about the outside world. Yeah. And then the second one comes in, kind of broadens the world. There's more characters. Mm. Well, not really. But there's there's uh, more zombies for sure. The, the scale in, is definitely It's more urban enlarged. instead of a rural. rural. And then the third one comes around where it's like, okay, what are the military doing? Mm, yeah, and it's um, definitely more dystopian, but it's got some really funny elements to it. Like there's one scene where they're kind of experimenting on this zombie. Is um, his name Bob? Yeah, Okay, I've, I've heard him reference in other zombie culture. Yeah, and he like learns to listen to music with headphones and fire a gun and stuff like that, and they can like control him. Um, and he, he gets like a sense of humor. So I guess why that... the fuck are they teaching a zombie to shoot a gun? Oh, I don't... Like the zombie's scary enough. Why would you let like teach I, him how to fire a gun? I don't know, but it's it's kind of uh, maybe that was the first example of like sentient zombies. But um, there's this really awesome scene where it's just a human brain being like electrically connected to like a corpse's body. Okay, and it's so sick. It, it looks awesome, but. Um, in terms of, yeah, like story and that, it's a bit lacking, but it's worth a watch at least. And what did you think of the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead by Zack Snyder? Uh, I thought it was fine. Mm. I thought it was way more action than I would I would like it to be. Yeah. Because obviously Zack Snyder, like yeah. practically a Michael Bay movie, really. Essentially, Lots yeah. of guns, lots of explosions, mm. but I, I think it was fine. I, I think it took the original... Back to the remakes again. I think it took the original story and concept and just twisted it just enough that mm. it changed it. And I really liked the scene 
where they had like they changed it so that they escaped in like those like fortified buses yeah like that yeah. was a really good change of all right they got to go so here's mm. how they're gonna do it that was cool i don't know how i feel about the ending though from memory uh i didn't watch it before this pod but i've seen it enough times in the past it was like overly contrasted like the colors were all like crazily heightened it was an memory. it was an early 2000s horror movie that was, yeah that was true. all of them and also, it lost the humor, didn't it? Like, I don't think there's much it, humor yeah, the in majority it at all. Of it, yeah, there was there was basically it, there wasn't much substance to it. Mm. Like it it was a good-ish looking movie. Yeah, there's too much slow mo for my liking. Yeah, <laughs> like fair. there's this one shot where a literal shot, like it, it just shows I can't remember the guy's name, like mm. the SWAT guy, the black SWAT guy is shooting a zombie through a oh, door. Ving Rhames character. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a slow mo shot of him shooting a shotgun. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? Why is why is that a thing? It's not an important shot. Why would yeah. they make it slow mo? Maybe to show his badass and take it in a bit more. But I don't know. Yeah, there could have been countless <laughs> other times they could have used that to better effect instead yeah. of just I don't know. It's like also a, like it's also so weird watching that movie because it's I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays Phil Dunphy. Yeah, I know. Family, yeah, like he has he does a really good job of plays playing like a the fucking dick character in the suit. Yeah, but it's weird to watch Modern Family after that. Yeah. Um. One of the most memorable things for me of that film is just the opening aerial shot of the car getting T-boned, yeah. like before the title card or whatever. That was so sick. But yeah. yeah, a lot of the film, like it was cool how they kind of interpreted it and modernized it, but it did lose a lot of the humor, which was a big part of the charm of the original from Romero. It definitely gained the gore though. Yeah, and Cause... I like that it kind of, um, all the characters, like the ensemble cast, there's more characters in it than the original, but also they're like all the stereotypical members of American society. You've got like the cop, the rich white woman, um, the rednecks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And okay. um, I've also heard that in the original, if you ignore the guards or whatever, yeah, like there's two like military or police people and mm. two media people, which are the two types of people. I'm saying people too much. The two, <laughs> the two facets of society that yeah. are like almost controlling the mm. population. That's, Whereas yeah, like that's the fair. controlling media and then the people enforcing the rules. Yeah, interesting. I like that. And um, I suppose we should also address that uh, they they take the pregnancy a step further in the remake. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a bit of a scene. <laughs> the the zombie baby, the zombie, the zombie. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a bloody gruesome scene. The is it green or blue or something? And it's bluish, just <laughs> covered in blood and yeah, it's gross. Screeching yeah. in the the shop there. Mackay Pfeiffer's character just trying to like pretend that she's just unwell and they're like raising this little zombie baby. It's yeah. gnarly. Like he's he's a grieving father. <laughs> yeah, and the zombies are faster in that aren't they oh they're, they're fast yeah this, they, this, so they can run in this this one. was when zombies had taken the turn to yeah be just fast and okay. scary we should probably note though that this remake was 2004 so it probably wasn't the first film to do that because of course we had the british <laughs> film 28 days later in 2002 mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. had them um like sprinting yeah i think to my knowledge that i think was the first real zombie movie and it's heavily debated if it's even a zombie movie because mm. they're not technically undead. They're True. just infected with what they call the rage virus. Yeah, and yeah. And like you don't see anyone ever coming back from it, but yeah, that's not fair. to say they couldn't be cured. Whereas that, in all the all other zombie media that's been up to this point, like it was specifically dead people coming back to life. Yeah, so they, they're not undead. And if you kill them, they don't come back to life, yet they do eat people. 
So they still have the cannibalism in this one. I don't even know if they eat people. They Well, they bite people. Yeah, cause... but I think that's just a, a byproduct of them being so aggressive. Like, they, it pretty much just oh, turns okay. them into, like, a rabies-infected, like, beast, like, animal. Uh, and so, so they're just using the weapons that they have, their teeth, their claws, oh, to, right. like, kill... Just, just primal just, instinct. Just get that rage out, yeah. Yeah, fair, okay. This was directed by Danny Boyle, who did Train Spotting. <laughs> funnily enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I really enjoy this film. It's it's such a fun watch. I did notice though, like even though I was I was watching a, a remastered version of it on DVD before this pod, it was still very like grainy and dark. And I did like the candid framing, which was cool because it's obviously that that age old film trick of showing something's wrong or, or not quite right. And yep. when he's sort of like um, walking through this city and it's all abandoned and there's litter scattered throughout <laughs> London. I love this movie. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, uh, they well, it was film. It was one of the first movies to be filmed completely digitally yeah okay almost completely digitally there's some still shots they use film nice but a benefit to that is because they use digital filming which they could just set up and just start filming Mm. much quicker than they could if they were using just film oh for sure that allowed them to get those like iconic scenes where he's walking through the abandoned london yeah okay because that's obviously it's that's like real london Mm. and yeah, you can see like Big Ben and the yeah, eye and that. The, the way they got a like the way they shot that was just because the city allowed them to just start shooting at very early hours of the morning oh, because right. because they could set up so quickly and then finish so yeah, quickly. Yeah, okay. And so there's scenes where there's like an upturned, overturned bus mm. in a, in a street. They just rocked up, quickly turned over a bus, <laughs> filmed it, and then quickly got it back up, and they were done and dusted. That's funny. And yeah, should have th- left it there and see what people. <laughs> thought of it yeah. <laughs> which makes me think a lot of those rubbish shots is like isn't that's just london <laughs> oh wow that's a fair point actually yeah and yeah i something i found too like the action sequences are very quickly cut together like you don't get to take in it, a lot and like it, follow it, it definitely gives a sense of panic and like yeah yeah the, because it's the first sort of movie where they have the fast zombies now it mm. it mirrors that in the editing of everything is now fast and panicky and yeah. cut together quickly. Yeah, whenever they're running from the... We'll call them zombies. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when I, it, I'm in the camp that they're zombies. Yeah. When, I, don't, I don't care. Whenever they're running from the infected, you're definitely on the edge of your seat because they're like sprinting and he has nowhere no, nowhere to go. Like it's, it's so ironic. It's like he's got this whole vacant city to himself, but he's got nowhere to go. Yeah. Which is a, a, an interesting parallel. Well, but, the first place he goes is the church. Yeah. it's. Um, I also like the Walking Dead... Like premise where Jim, um, Killian Murphy, like wakes yep. up from a coma naked. Oh, that dong <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he just like stumbles out of the hospital and yeah. Um, well, you, you make that as city. you make it sound like it copied Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Took oh it no, from this. Yeah, no, but, that's what I, that's yeah. what I mean. But yeah. even this, I can't remember the name of it. But there was a um, it's either book or a movie that inspired Danny Boyle mm. with that particular premise of waking up in a hospital. Yeah, okay, and then. Those zombie apocalypse has happened. Mm. And then there's also, I think, like the shopping scene was specifically put in there to like sort of show homage to Dawn of the Dead. Oh, where they're like raiding the grocery store. Yeah, and... like they're having a bit of fun just in a grocery store. <laughs> and um, Brendan Gleeson just grabs like five bottles <laughs> of scotch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, another thing like you were saying about the panic um, before that I really liked is when he, the first chick he finds um, that's with the guy at that point and he gets mm-hmm. bitten in the arm. And there's like no hesitation. She, I thought she was going to like 
cut his arm off, like something they do a lot in <laughs> The Walking Dead, where if yeah. you've just been bitten, you can beat the infection spreading by cutting off the limb. Mm-hmm. But no, she just like hacks him to death in front of him within like a matter of seconds. And that's a that's a brutal scene. Yeah, like watching yeah. that's like holy fuck. There's like that. It just looks like someone's getting hacked to death with a fucking machete. Yeah, because at this point, like the main character um, was it Jim? Like he doesn't Jim, yep. he doesn't know like that people are infected or whatever. So he's just seen this woman like just... Well, he's got an idea because that's after he'd been to the church and the father has like chased after him and he hit him with a fucking shopping bag. Oh, well, that's true. That's true, yeah. So he already he already knows that like shit's bad. Mm. And <laughs> he, he, so he's been chased already by those people, by the infected zombies. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and then he meets, uh, meets the other couple in like the apartment building and they decide to... Well, they're heading for like where there's a radio broadcast from soldiers, right? And they're saying it's a safe haven. Yeah, I think so. And they just like make their way to that and just kind of shows them like bonding on the way. And yeah. Well, it's one of the things I love so much about this movie is that it's like three movies in one. Yeah, yeah, like you get for the, sure. You get the first sort of segment where he's just woken up, he's alone, a lot of like him just wandering around trying to find someone to help him, mm. finds two people and then unfortunately one of them dies. Yeah. And then it transitions from that to he finds Brendan... Uh, was it Brennan Gleeson? Brennan Gleeson, Brennan yeah. Gleeson's character and his daughter. And then the movie transitions to this like road trip movie mm. where they go on a, a road trip to the the fucking military broadcast. The base, yeah. And so it's like the, the movie shifts to a more lighthearted, mm. almost not comedic, but like wholesome movie. Where wholesome they're, is They're a good bonding. Word, yeah. They're having just a, ro- a family road trip. Yeah. And then as soon as his character, like Brennan Gleeson's character dies, like it mm. shifts again to mm. then go to the more militaristic scum, yeah. scum of humanity, what what they've become, yeah. and like how the apocalypse, if you want to call it that, yeah. has affected the, the remaining humans. Yeah, it's kind of like it's different in its own right, but it's kind of like George A. Romero's trilogy in one film. Fuck yeah, but, yeah it uh, is. Yeah, and you you mentioned like um, that death scene when like that's literally when the soldiers rock up and take them back there. Mm. That is so cool and so so, <laughs> so different as well because he's like he's angry and he like kicks something and then there's like a yeah because there's a cr- infected corpse there's just or a, something there's just a crow above him that's calling yeah and fucking eating at picking at a dead person mm. and it, it kind of comes out of nowhere like that you've just spent the past half now with these characters getting to know them watching them sort of become friends yeah and then all of a sudden he yeah just gets a, a small drop of blood in his eye because mm, he like and, and kicks it. it he like kicks the shipping container whatever to shut the crow up and then yeah. blood drips from the the body into his eye and that turns him yeah, in a matter it, of a second it's a good way to just show that like you're never safe in, yeah. in a world like that like any small thing could just all of a sudden mm. within within a minute yeah, cause sure. your whole life to change. Yeah, and um, it sh- definitely shows that they would have to be more careful because, like, you know, if, if they shoot a zombie and the blood sprays in you, or whatever, like, you got to make sure it doesn't get into your eyes or your, yeah. your Which, mouth. Now, the only problem I have with some of the bits in that movie is that happens a lot to Jim, where he's underneath a zombie that's on top, like on top of him, people attacking it, and he yeah, gets blood on him. That's fair, but I guess he doesn't technically get in. Like any in his mouth or, mm. or eye, he's just been lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, the soldiers like take on a really weird like mission where they want women to procreate, and they're starting the new future and everything. <laughs> so like, it seems like too good to be true when they get there, and of course it is because they kind of like take Jim and the two women on board, and then, and by the way, one of these women is like a young girl. <laughs> yep. And yeah, they just get like a bit 
rapey and weird and yeah. um jim just decides to like pick them off one by one predator style oh, in the no, rain. i fucking love that i'd, I'd say more rambo style rambo like, style for sure because the whole movie he's very passive he's kind of scared yeah he's uh, he's he's his masculinity is questioned a lot especially once he gets to the like the house with the soldiers mm. and something i love is that all throughout the movie yeah he's his masculinity is not really showing. He's mm. just kind of a, a bystander. He's only killed one yeah. zombie and he was a little kid. Yeah. And then he gets to this mansion where there's generic, like masculine men who are the soldiers and their yeah. army. And then they're having fun. Oozing when, with testosterone. Oozing with fucking testosterone. <laughs> they make fun of him because he's not a real man. Yeah. And yeah. then towards the end, when shit starts to hit the fan, they're the ones that are like, Crying like crying a little like bitch. A little bitch. <laughs> There's one of the soldiers in a room that's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I've run out of ammo, mm. and he's scared, and he's like on the in the corner crying. Yeah, Jim busts in there. Like and he, he hasn't had ammo the whole movie. Like he's yeah. he's a real man because he doesn't need these guns. Using to, his thumbs. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he doesn't need the guns to like you know be a man. Mm. Like yeah, mm. I know the soldiers are relying too much on yeah outside influence to prove their men. It's almost like a layer of protection for them, whereas Jim is like willing to fight to the death for what he loves with his bare hands. That's it. Yeah, it's a good metaphor. And a lot of the editing too in that final sequence when he is attacking the soldiers, yeah, is the way they shot it was well, and cut it was meant to mirror the same sort of editing style of showing the infected to sort of show yeah, that he's okay. almost become like the infected like in order to you know fight back and survive when in rome yeah like he, it's become a necessity that he's like them yeah for sure if we're if we're going through these zombie films in like the most notable standouts in chronological order on 2002 we should probably also touch on the resident evil series which the first film came out in 2002 oh is it really okay yeah i um are they still going or have they finally wrapped that up no i believe they finally wrapped it up there'd be For like a couple what, of years ago six seven films in that Fuck, I, now. I, I couldn't even tell TV you. TV show. Um, oh, actually, because they, they recently did a remake. Yeah, Like okay. Raccoon City with... True, true. Scoladario, I think her name is. Yeah, I um I was never too involved with this franchise. Like, I've, I've seen a few of them. Um, I played a couple of the games. I think 5, 6 and Revelations, okay. maybe Raccoon City, but... Um, yeah, it's become such like an impactful saga that it's it's worth a nod and the zombies are definitely convincing in, in these films. Like they're aggressive and hmm. I wanna say I wanna say Extinction. The one uh, where they're in the desert. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love that. Like it was, zombie crows. Yeah, zombie crows, just the whole aesthetic of them being in the desert and fighting. Mm. The fact that she's got superpowers is questionable when you look at the rest of the series. Yeah. But I liked it as a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I started like I didn't watch it in order. I went and saw the fourth one and then mm. I went back and saw the second one, the fifth one. The, I think the first one yeah. was the last one I watched. Yeah. Even the bits that are like more relating to Umbrella Corps with like the laser rooms and stuff, mm -hmm. the more like mm -hmm. sci-fi action kind of parts that were really sick. So it's good that it had all those avenues to explore. Yeah. And so it, each film is kind of different in its own way. It's just set in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, it's, it's a confusing series to watch. I'll fucking put it that way because every single movie, they just rewrite. Yeah. And retcon stuff from the previous movie. And because they're clones, right? So they, like, even when she dies, they can kind of, like, restart <laughs> in the next film. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so weird. Because it, I would assume it's maybe directed or written by a different person every time. And that's yeah, why it's I'd not like, so. it's not like it's the same guy going back and retconning his own stuff. It's, mm. it's people that didn't like the way the last one ended. Yeah. So 
Like, I think in one of them, the movie ends where she finds, like, the bunch of clones of herself. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, shit, okay, this is where it's going to go from now. The yeah. start of the next movie, all the clones die. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, no, forget that thread. That's not important anymore. Yeah. Let's it's... get back to just her. Yeah, it's like they, I don't know, they, they fill the plot holes by just nuking, nuking it and starting again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then my, I think since growing up, my favorite of that movie, French, I can't remember which one it is, mm. but it's the one where they're in, like, the like building in the city okay it's got wentworth miller uh, and there's like a plane that like they're in a plane that lands on the roof and there's a cell underneath is there like a big dude with like a warhammer there is axe a big dude thing? with a warhammer axe thing i think yep. that's afterlife okay yeah i, no, I like that yeah, one it definitely too is. yeah yeah because that it, it grounds the series a bit more where mm. it goes back to this i don't know the, the old zombie roots where it's a bunch of core characters stuck in one like holding up in the one, isolation, one yeah, isolated, yeah, one in one location. That's it. Um, yeah, and we we touched on before like how this is so easy to turn into uh, a comedy genre, um, and even like w- with that humor in Dawn of the Dead, the OG Dawn of the Dead, and then in the eighties when you had films like Reanimator or um, The Return of the Living Dead, which has like a punk stylings for some reason, <laughs> um, but one of our favorite films in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, the 2004 British comedy, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's it's odd to talk about this on this podcast. I know. It's, it's nowhere near a horror it's, movie. It's, <laughs> not, it's got gore, that's about it, but we love this so much, we wanted to, to talk about it. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really have gore, but it, in that scene where... Dylan Moran's character is, mm. gets pulled out. That's a good shot of them like ripping open his intestines. Getting disemboweled, yeah. So it's it's got it's got some gore. Mm. You know, the, the scene where bloody the the Mary He's got zombie, an arm off. <laughs> <laughs> the um the Mary zombie like falls and impales herself. Oh, that's the, sick. the first time you see a zombie. And you can really. see through her when she stands up again. Yeah. Oi. Uh, <laughs> oh, We're not just going to sit here and quote the whole movie, <laughs> even though we fucking could. We quote this daily. Yeah, and something that I found funny that I told you about this morning yeah. was I've seen this movie, I don't know, at least a dozen times. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't until I, we'd started doing this podcast <laughs> and going back and watching other movies that I understood the, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he yells that over the phone and I was the like, nod, I was like, fuck, that's, the that's not a living dead. Yeah. I told you this morning expecting yeah. you to know and you didn't fucking no, know. No, I, I never picked up, picked up on that. And I love that. That's great. Yeah. I was watching it at home and I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and I also love the parallels in that film, like when he, he wakes up and he has his like morning routine and he goes to the corner store and all this kind of thing, getting ready for work. And then they like redo that, the, the morning when everything's gone wrong and there's like, you know, the blood everywhere and the cars mm-hmm. crash in the street and sirens and everything. But because he's just in like a groggy daze, he doesn't notice any of it. It's perfect. Yeah. They're, oh, it's beautiful. It's so good. And I mentioned this before when we, we spoke about it before recording was like, even though it's a comedy, I feel like you've got more attachment to the characters because there's just a more emotional connection because they make you laugh. Yeah. Or, or because he's like trying to save his ex um, and his mum. Like he's a, <laughs> he's a likable character. Yeah. And I mean, back on that, um, it's it's not a zombie movie. It's it's set in a zombie world, but it's mm. it's a romance. It's an adventure movie. It's, it's like a it's, drama. Yeah. It's about yeah. a character who's trying to redeem himself. For the you know the woman that he wants to love, it's about mm. personal change, personal growth, trying to become a better man. Yeah, for sure. And um, I believe this was the first in the Cornetto trilogy, right? Oh, yes. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. So what were the others? Hot Fuzz and what, The World's End. Yep. Was it? Yeah. Yep. See, I love Paul as well, but obviously <laughs> that's not Edgar Wright, so we can't include it. Yeah. Well, uh, even Shaun of the Dead was based on 
what's the what's the show they did? Was it Office Space or oh, Extras or I can't recall. Fuck, we should have been better prepared. Damn it! But there, there was a show that they did previously, mm. and one of the episodes had like a short like segment of like someone got like high on either acid or PCP. And like we're seeing zombies everywhere And so they were killing them uh, okay. They did that And then they were like Hold on This was fun We really want to make a zombie movie now that's So cool. that's why they made Shaun of the Dead Yeah And just the way that the two characters um, What is it? Ed and Sean Like mm-hmm. interact with each other is so funny <laughs> You are sausage <laughs> <laughs> Fuck It's so good It's so good um, um, it, It's it's good too Because it's So it's a zombie comedy yeah. But most of the, the comedy comes from The wit That fucking classic mm. british dry humor yeah a lot of edit like rhythmic editing and yeah um like puns and shit like that yeah for sure and then you can look at another zombie comedy like zombie land mm. where it's less of a comedy more of a horror movie yeah but it is still a, like a zombie comedy yeah and being american it's just not got like there's something about british humor man it's just so <laughs> dark and witty that i think australians resonate with a lot well we came from them didn't we <laughs> well most of us oh, okay well um uh, but yeah zombie land was 2009 so that was a few years later but yeah. i think Shaun of the dead was like one of the first zombie comedies of the 2000s yeah for sure well the one that definitely le- leaned towards comedy definitely the biggest yeah uh, not to shit on zombie land i like that movie it's very good it was the, f- the first one i thought was great except it loses its appeal after each watch i find <laughs> like, i've seen it too many times it, now it packs a punch the first time yeah but on repeat viewings it's not rewatchable. yeah and the second one was trash yeah but the first one i like because it does lean more towards that horror so mm. you got the scenes in the beginning of like uh, when some dude's taking a shit and like <laughs> there's like a zombie cl- zombie cl- I don't know if it's a zombie clan there's just a zombie like crawling underneath the fucking stall that is nightmare fuel that is in a gas station bathroom is it also a fucking clown yeah I'm pretty sure <laughs> um, yeah that film was just so unique and original um, and that's an example of slow-mo done well like you yeah. know the opening sequence yeah. where they got the credits and they're like running from zombie strippers and Fat guy in a football field and yeah. like the effects are so sick as well. Like, it's able to take a lot of the, I don't know, real world, what would happen if a zombie was in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's um, And also like the fact that you mentioned in 28 Days Later how they kind of, it becomes like a road trip film mm-hmm. where this one literally is where it's like yeah. these very different characters um, meet each other on the road and they give themselves names based on what city they're going to or, mm. or from. And cause what is there? There's like, um, uh, Wichita, Wichita, Little, Little Rock, Rock, Tallahassee. And, Tallahassee and what's the, what's fu- Jesse Eisenberg's? Oh, I was about to ask that. Um, fuck. I have no idea. Nah, I've lost it. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like his, so they're like bonding in the car, like when they're going from place to place and, um, they kind of create this like fucked up little family. I think, yeah, in his words and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, his like rules and routines are, are a nice touch as well. Like these these things that he lives by to survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It's also good to see like a lot of the other zombie movies we've talked about other than 28 Days Later, which takes place 28 days after the apocalypse. Yeah. This one takes place, I think, two months after the apocalypse. So it's, yeah. it's able to see what the world has come to a bit after the apocalypse mm. instead of actually focusing on when it happens. Yeah, and it kind of shows like a flashback, I think, of him in his apartment mm. where his like, neighbor comes in and she's turned in the next morning. But mm. yeah, it's definitely set after. And like in Shaun of the Dead, you never find out like why there's zombies, which I like. Yeah, I don't, no, you don't. But um, 
yeah, like the dynamic between the actors is great in this one. How you've got like Jesse Eisenberg, who's like almost like a, an on the spectrum, awkward kind of shy guy. And then you've got Tallahassee um, played by Woody Harrelson, who's this like macho, macho redneck. Yeah. And um, then you've got like the alternative badass played by your favorite Emma Stone. Oh, yes. <laughs> Young um, Abigail Breslin. <laughs> uh, the kid. And yeah, I th- and Bill Bill Murray cameo. Bill Murray cameo, yeah. That never goes astray. It's shot really well, edited really nicely, and it's just so different. Um, and it's kind of like a different kind of humor to the previous ones we've mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's not talk about Zombieland too. No, no, <laughs> I did not enjoy that. Yes, let's let's just brush over that. Another one that I like. Um, yeah, I don't love it, but it's very different to the book, and you're not a big fan. Is World War Z in 2013 with Brad? Did you say Pitt. I'm not a big fan. I didn't think you were. I'm fine with it. Okay, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, interesting. So this is um, it, it's very different from the book in the sense that the novel is essentially set decades after a like a, a zombie outbreak on earth and this not on, like, not on mars <laughs> and this oh there's an idea okay a mars zombie film let's do it you should watch an episode of doctor who called the waters of mars <laughs> it could be the martian meets dawn of the dead mm-hmm. except there's no mall <laughs> but they can survive in a I don't know, potato farm or something. I like that because then there's, there's a reason. It gives them a reason why they're so isolated, yeah. which on another planet. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Let's, let's like do it. Let's a, make a movie. A space virus. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is like the book is set decades later and the, the narrator is like a journalist interviewing different like world leaders or military personnel and just survivors about how they survived in different ways um, from different parts of the world. And the Mm -hmm. way that they kind of um, translate that in the film is that the main character, Jerry, like travels to different countries with his family because he used to work in the military. So he's got these connections. Oh, yeah. And it just shows like how the virus is spreading uh, from country to country and how they're managing it Mm -hmm. in different scenarios. And that would make for a very hard to shoot movie. So they obviously changed it to a more linear Brad Pitt, still like traveling the world, Mm. but it's during the apocalypse. Yeah, and um, what I like about this as well is it's one of the few popular zombie films where it actually shows the beginning. It's like, you know, right down in the streets when yeah. people start getting infected and running around. And these zombies are like fast and aggressive. and it, It's it's almost like a, an amalgamation of... Because in the, in the old movies, it was more about the horde and the unrelenting, yeah. like just wall of bodies that were coming towards you. Yeah. And then they transitioned to fast ones that an individual zombie was scary. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's kind of both. Like it's an unrelenting wall of fast zombies that mm. literally like crawling over themselves to ju- to climb over a giant fucking wall in Jerusalem. Yeah. They kind of remind me of the Xenomorphs in Aliens where you've got like the colony of the soldier aliens where like one is formidable, but if you've got a bunch of them, they can like work together to mm-hmm. be like... Um, yeah, really intimidating. Okay. I don't like that you're comparing it to Alien, but all right. <laughs> no, but I just mean that like... I don't know, that like ant colony kind of mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mentality? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another film soon after that, let's shout out some locals. Um, Wormwood, Road of the Dead in 2014. Have you seen that? No. Okay. I've, I've, I've barely it's, even heard of it outside of you. It's worth one watch because <laughs> as like Aussies, it's so funny and relatable because it's essentially like a tradie that... <laughs> I mean... Um, <laughs> a, a tradie that like... Um, wakes up in the middle of the night to find a zombie in his kitchen and then oh, yeah. 
um, his daughter and his wife get infected and turn and he has to kill him with a nail gun. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he just kind of like finds these other like ragtag survivors and they like fortify this ute so it's like a Mad Max looking contraption. I mean, even more now. And then it becomes like a comedy sci-fi action zombie film where the main dude's sister is kidnapped by like an evil scientist an evil doctor who's like experimenting on zombies and injecting infected blood into her. Okay. So she can like then control zombies with her mind. All right. I'm 100% in. That sounds amazing. Furthermore. Oh God, there's more. As if this wasn't weird and original enough. So they learn that fuel of all kinds, kerosene, petrol, whatever, is no longer flammable. But zombie what? blood is. How? Okay. That. Uh, I don't what? know why, but... <laughs> There's a sequel, so maybe they explained it in that. <laughs> but the zombies breathe like this green gas. Right. And they they round up zombies and like chain them up to the back of this fortified ute, put like masks on them that they use as fuel to run the, the car. Fuck? It's so fucking weird. And then they just find these like military guys that they kind of have like shootouts with. That and definitely does sound Mad Max-esque. Yeah, it's, it's overly color graded and uh, it's not like... Wouldn't have had the highest budget, I don't think. So it's not it, the production I mean, quality. It's not Australian. There. The, the, I, I think Australian cinema gets a bad rap. Yeah, especially from me because I talk shit about it. <laughs> Most of the time, it's low budget. It's bad acting. It's, yeah, it's kind of awful. But I guess there are there might be some mm. gems. Like, yeah, I mean, fucking Wolf Creek. That's Australian, right? Yeah, Bad Max was in Australia, mostly Australian. The the dialogue is hilarious because <laughs> like Australians have a very distinct like a way of speaking to each other that like the rest of the world finds hilarious. That's so common for us. Like there's one where... How many times do they say cunt? <laughs> I think twice. Oh, that's not enough, mate. Uh, it's like interchangeable with the word mate over here. <laughs> you you call your friend that, but you call it asshole, mate. <laughs> yeah, actually. It's weird, but it's like sarcastic. It's like, oh, you're right there, mate. Right there? No, that's all right, mate. You, this, this lane must be yours. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, there's like this indigenous character who's so funny. Uh, I think his name's Benny. He like blows some guy's head off the shotgun. He's not even a zombie. And <laughs> he's like, sprays blood all over the guy behind him. And he runs up and he's like, fuck, is he dead? <laughs> um, and it's so funny. It's like this other scene that I wanted to mention. Um, even if you just watch this on YouTube, I, I recommend it. Um, they find this like barn or this shed or something swarmed with zombies. And they're like... The main dude and Benny are like outside, like like talking about how they're gonna get in for refuge. And then this hatch opens up in the top. This dude reaches out and like starts shooting them with a handgun. The zombies, that is. Yep. And um, the dude's like, "Oh shit, how are we gonna get in?" And then Benny's just like, "Oi, can we come in? There's zombies everywhere <laughs> out here." And the other guy's like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> just like lets them in. It's so fucking funny. Fuck, I need to watch this movie. Yeah, it's it's so bad. It's good, but. I don't know if like foreign audiences would resonate with it as much, but oh, that's, that's fine. Right. We don't have any foreign listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one that I highly recommended to you that you didn't get around to watching due to technical difficulties was... Um, yeah, my fucking PlayStation just stopped working. Yeah. A French film um, that's in English called The Night Eats the World from 2018. <laughs> and this might be my favorite zombie film. Holy shit. Okay. And because this is essentially... Uh, a, ignoring... Shaun of the Dead, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead will always be like... That's one of my favorite films, period. But mm. yeah, 90s The World is... Um, it's essentially a drama set in a zombie apocalypse, um, mm. which, as we've addressed, is becoming like a modern trend in this genre. Um, directed by someone called Dominique Rocha, and it's uh, the main character 
the film begins with the main character Sam rocking up to his ex's apartment in Paris and she's having a house party and he just wants to like collect his things to leave and she's got a new partner and everything um, and he's bumping into people and he gets a blood nose so he sits down to like rest his head back and he passes out wakes up the next morning and it's like bloodied and trashed um, and he finds out there's like zombies in the streets and everything oh yeah um, and these zombies are like fast and aggressive too but they're silent like they don't make noise, oh, okay. they don't howl or groan or scream or anything. Right. So it's kind of like a yeah, an un, an unnerving. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, an undead person coming back doesn't really have any reason to make noise. No, but I mean, you see them in like the Walking Dead stuff where they're like, and they're like groan at you. Why are they groaning? I don't know. And yeah, this film just kind of like explores more the loneliness um, and like coping with boredom and despair, being isolated in like a world like that as opposed to just surviving which i thought was really interesting i hadn't seen many films that had done that before and it's quite clever and unpredictable in that way it's it's got some really interesting things in it that i've not seen done in other films um and i'm a big fan of french film anyway but there's like one scene where it's the next morning and in that apartment um where everyone's dead he's like uh, locked the doors so he's inside the trash department and he's like scrubbing the floors to try and clean it up a bit and then this gunshot comes through the floorboards <laughs> right in front of him and then he looks through the hole in the ground and turns out a man shot himself in the room below oh yeah yeah so that was quite like so it's yeah suicide from like the perspective of someone above <laughs> yeah yeah which was really interesting and um it's smart in the sense that he like ransacks the other rooms in the apartment building and like takes stock of his supplies so from day one he's like writing down how much he's got of what and he's like weighs them on scales to ration things oh yeah so he's um, a smart man yeah yeah and he like has this like calendar that he makes on like the grime of a window to like mark <laughs> off days and doesn't lose track of time and stuff and he like spray paints doors with a big white x if there's a zombie in there so he knows not to go back so to the it. whole thing takes place in like the apartment complex yeah it's just okay. him in the entire apartment building on his own for the entire film but yeah, bit of evil dead rise yeah yeah and there's like it's just really funny it's because i like i mentioned before it's about how he sort of like passes time um and doesn't go insane because he's a musician and he finds like a drum kit in some other apartment um, in the building. And he's like, he crushes it, man. He's a great drummer. Like the actor must be like I a thrash musician or something. I don't know if that's such a smart idea. In a zombie apocalypse, you don't really want to be making too much noise. Well, he does Let me get the fun. loudest instrument possible. He like, he finds these like old tapes and CDs of like punk records that some kid, like some teenager had and plays them and like plays along to it with the windows open for the zombies. And <laughs> he makes mixtapes with household objects who like tap like half empty glasses and like brush metal brushes on um plastic and stuff and he records and then makes beats with them okay that's cool yeah it's it's really funny and he finds like a paintball gun and um some cigars and stuff and there's one scene where he thinks he gets bitten trying to rescue a cat now he sees a cat outside and he goes out to try and get it um and these zombies um start chasing him so he runs back inside and he's got blood on him he doesn't know if it's from a bite or anything so he doesn't know how long it takes to turn, so he props himself up on a chair with a shotgun between his legs <laughs> uh, and the barrel under his chin. Yep. And then it cuts to the night, and he's fallen asleep, and it shows him like nodding off, slips, and then the gun goes off <laughs> right beside his ear, and he wakes up. That would deafen you for sure. Yeah, and then he's just like laughing maniacally because he almost died. <laughs> it's it's great. It's such a good film. I gotta give that a watch. Yeah, I totally recommend it. That and Wormwood. Yeah, 
yeah, the the 90s, the world. Um, even Stephen King, I believe, was a big fan of that. Oh, very nice. And um, yeah, the, Wormwood is worth watching at least once. I don't have too many recommendations because most of the ones I've seen, I imagine a lot of people have seen anyway. Mm. One that I recommend, not because it's necessarily a good movie, just because it's interesting, yeah. is um, Planet Terror. Planet Terror did... So, was that Grindhouse, which was like mm. some production company that... Quentin Tarantino is a part of. Yeah, it, it, it's it was made as like a double feature for like with Death Death Proof. Yeah, so I've it's, it's not got seen that, either, but I've heard okay. all right things. Well, it's got that whole like completely over the top like Quentin Tarantino fucking Grindhouse style of yeah, everything's bright and flashy and yeah, like yeah. gritty. There's literally a woman like the main character loses her leg and so she has a, a gun as a leg. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's fair. a lot of suspension of disbelief in, yeah. the, in this movie, but it's just. I don't know, it's just a fun watch where mm. you don't have to watch it for any sort of meaning yeah. or understanding the you know depth of the characters or any shit like that. Yeah. It's just a fun watch. Well, that's one of the like creative licenses that zombie films just like inherently have with them is you can, like I said before, about it being like a potentially unbelievable concept allows it to, to be used for comedy. Mm. You can get stupid with it because like the dead coming back to life. Like yeah. no one believes in that. So... It's like, fuck it. You want a chick that's got a gun for a leg? Throw it in there. Yeah. You plus want a guy plus- that makes mixtapes with household <laughs> objects when he's bought? Plus it's got Josh Brolin. So that's an instant win in my books. Yeah, nice. He is cool. There's some other ones like The Dead Don't Die. It was like a 2019 comedy with... Again, Bill Murray. Right? Yeah, Bill Murray and, Adam, and Driver. Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. Huge cast. But it's weird because it's, it's Jim Jarmusch. So it's quirky and they like break the fourth wall a lot. Like, we'll pull out, like, a script <laughs> on camera and, like, bloody, find what line they're up to. Mel Brooks style. Yeah, yeah. It's real weird. It's not, like, amazing, but it's it's different for sure. And then, um, I guess on the note of Australian films, there's another one called Cargo from 2017 with Martin Freeman, of all people, which is odd. Um, Strange. And it's adapted from one of my favorite short films um, of the same name where it's um, set in rural Australia in a zombie apocalypse where this guy wakes up in a crashed car his wife's a zombie in the passenger seat and he's got a kid in like a baby seat in the back. Um, but when he was passed out, his zombie wife bit him. So he's turning. Oh, okay. So he knows he's got a limited number of, uh, of hours before he turns. So he like pulls out a map and a compass and finds out where he needs to go, like what direction he needs to head in to safety, puts the baby in his on his back in one of those like backpack carrier things mm-hmm. and hangs like a piece of meat like or something in front of him. And then just like starts marching towards that direction. So when he turns um, and he becomes a zombie, he's just got like those basic um, motor skills. He just keeps walking to follow the meat. Eventually he gets shot um, by a rifle um, from someone at like a farmhouse. Mm -hmm. And then they find the baby and save the baby. That I think you've talked about about that before it sounds like an interesting concept mm. i don't see how they can make a whole movie out of that that'd, no. make, that'd make a good like short story or short film i definitely enjoy the short film more than the movie i just wanted to shout it out um for being like such a unique concept and also for being australian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and we've mentioned it numerous times in this episode already but reanimator <laughs> man i watched that for the first time yesterday i loved it it was so like over the top gore with that like cronenberg-esque body horror mm-hmm. but the fact that you've just got like this like mad doctor carrying around his severed head with a headless corpse because he's got like this weird telepathy thing going on. Yeah, Doctor Herbert West, main yeah, is one of the just the best. It's like, so good, cheesy horror movie characters mm. out there because he invents this like serum that can prevent brain death. 
Mm. And he, it's like this fluorescent green liquid he injects in the base of the skull and, and then corpses can reanimate. Yeah, and there's a couple of there's a couple of sequels to it and pretty much every movie is like he knows that it goes wrong every time. Like yeah. he injects someone and it goes wrong, but he still keeps doing it. He just wants f- more fresh bodies to experiment on. <laughs> yeah, like and then he's got this friend who's like the worst enabler possible. Yeah. Like always helping him. They raid a morgue. <laughs> Use a dead cat in a fridge. Yeah, yeah. Um that, yeah. that's a good watch. It had some some good deaths like the eye popping scene in the opening <laughs> and the bone saw through the back that comes out the chest. Bone saw is ready. Yeah, fucking like decapitates a guy with a shovel like Evil Dead. It was, mm-hmm. it was good, man. Um, and another one that's like a more recent one that's had a good rap is the Korean film Train to Busan, which I've regrettably still not watched, <laughs> but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, but <laughs> need um, to watch it. I didn't have time to watch it before this one. One of those ones on my ever growing list. Maybe we can talk about it when we eventually do like a foreign film I'd episode. Like, I'd like a foreign film episode. There's a few I could I mm. could mention for sure. Um. That's pretty much all the, the films I wanted to mention. I also love, like, I love zombie TV shows. Like, The Walking Dead is obviously the big one. And I, I mentioned before how I read the books and loved them. And um, it's taken some big turns in the series to the books. So I still haven't finished um, season 11, which is the final season. Season of 11. The original. Yeah. I, I only made it to, like, four. I think I've got eight episodes left. I'm just nervous to finish it because <laughs> I know how they ended the book. And it was, like, gut-wrenching. So right. I, I'm... I'm... I'm anticipating that they'll do something different in the show, but because they've taken so many creative liberties, but I'm I'm nervous. I um, did, yeah. I love that when it first came out, and I think I started watching it around when season three came out. Yeah, and so I binged one, two, and then mm. caught up to three. Yeah, and though back back then that was like the best piece of zombie media. Yeah, I liked. Yep, uh, and For then sure. it definitely took a dip. <laughs> well, when it, I don't know if it came out in like 2009, 2010 or something, but like season one had like heaps of CGI and it was really low budget, very well, simple I wouldn't effects. say heaps of CGI. I and mean, it was well, only six episodes, right? Oh, like the empty cities and the helicopter. Oh, okay. And stuff, yeah, like. well, they could only do so much. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously as it got bigger through AMC. Like, I think that is one of the best just pilot episodes, like yeah. first episodes of any show. I think so. I will so. say that. Yeah, it was sick. Because it's similar to... You know, 28 Days Later, where he just walks, uh, he wakes up after being in like yeah, a coma. And exactly. A lot of the first episode is him mm. wandering around the city trying to find the people that he loves. Like he's got a yeah. family. I was talking to my dad about this the other day. He's a big fan of the show as well. And um, I think my favorite season is probably six because that's when Negan and the Saviors get introduced. But okay. I love um, Jeffrey D. Morgan, but I'm not willing to sit through another like two yeah. seasons to get to him. It's a very dark season too. But um, there's also like Z Nation, which is. More of a comedy, um, but it does have heaps of Z gore. Nation. Z Nation. Well, we they are, say we are Z Australian, Nation. all right? Well, I say World War Z because that's how they say it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say a rebuttal. What about Jay Z? But his name is Jay Z. Jay Z. Yeah, because the main character, Murphy, is like a half human, half zombie guy, and he's key to the cure, but he's like super arrogant and irresponsible, so he doesn't want to help the team, like, Help the human race oh, because yeah. he was an inmate. They were testing potential experiment, um, experimental drugs on inmates, mm-hmm. and he was the one that worked. And um, yeah, that was like a good maybe three, four seasons. Then it just got whack um, towards the end where it became like over the top sci fi. Oh, yeah. um, but one of my favorite uh, zombie shows is In the Flesh, which is a British one. It's more of a drama. I think it only had two seasons, and it's essentially like. It's set after a, like a zombie outbreak and 
the zombies have been rehabilitated and they can like they have their memory back um they can feel they can think they can speak and everything again they're like normal people just dead mm-hmm. so they reunite them with their families and try to reintroduce them into society like schools and I like um, that because it, ta- it takes and, like the already established sort of zombie genre yeah tropes and stuff and then it's like all right this is what happens after the apocalypse after, yeah after there's a cure yeah it's it's so different and um it's kind of like warm bodies in that regard i guess but it's just kind of like deeper because like the main character kieran died by suicide oh, yeah. so like he obviously never intended to come back and so now he has to like um be brought back to his family that have probably harbored some like conflicting emotions towards him since his death and he so it's like already awkward i mean i would never condone suicide but no he, he could just do it again it's, <laughs> it's like elephant in the room but um <laughs> but yeah it's so that was that that's a really great film i i recommend it i don't know if it's on any streaming service but um, i've never even heard of it uh not film show so show. great show um uh, so many shows but when i was younger in the teenage days yeah i, I love fucking call of duty zombies yeah like, see not not just the game of it. Obviously, I love the game, but like yeah. I read up about the lore of that stuff and the, mm, the story okay. behind it. I don't know. I just found that really interesting. Of like old Nazi like scientists, because in real life the Nazis did do a whole bunch of fucked up, fucked up experiments trying to push yeah. the boundaries of science and shit. For sure. And yeah. so they find this asteroid media that inadvertently creates zombies, mm. and that takes over the world and the zombie apocalypse. And then there's like these cool scientific because it's like sci-fi. Yeah zombies as well yeah dude black ops was monumental for our generation mm, like every knows. friend had that on like xbox <laughs> or something when you went over their house to play yeah countless hours of just call wave after wave of call of duty zombies yeah for sure what was the more recent one they did that had the zombies uh option that you got no i got cold war cold but war. then they made one after that yeah okay yeah it got but it, it, it did deep. it did slightly lean like start leaning towards like um what is the fucking word for it? Like Cthulhu and shit? Oh, HP Lovecraft. Like Lovecraft Lovecraftian themes, themes and stuff. Snap. There you go. Uh, well, Reanimator uh, was, I think... HP Lovecraft? Yeah, yeah, based on an HP Lovecraft story. Yeah. I don't know where my fascination for zombies came from. I know as a kid, like I said in the first episode, I've always been interested in like mythological stuff and supernatural things and grew up watching like zombie films and shows and things but i just like the concept um i think for me it's not so much the zombie anatomy of like a corpse coming back to life or a virus that can turn people into these like mindless aggressive creatures but more so just the world that that then opens up because i often would like hypothesize like if we've been like climbing a mountain in somewhere remote or we've been camping or whatever i'm always like if there's a zombie apocalypse right now, <laughs> what would we do as friends? Well, like, did we did we have a plan when we were in high school? I th- we did. I want to say we had a plan, gigs. but I can't remember what it was. Well, when I was a kid, um, like I even wrote a song about it where I said <laughs> I would go to Bunnings, Bunnings because you've got tools, you've got weapons, but you got snags. <laughs> um, shout out to Sinead if you're listening; she can hook <laughs> us up. But I guess like. As I'm older and I realize like communication and food and water is way more important than, than weapons like you see in every film, mm-hmm. it's probably not ideal. I was thinking about it on the way over here and it's probably not the best idea, but I think I'd go to Bribie Island. Okay. Because there's... Off, off the Brisbane coast for yeah, yeah, anyone listening who's not from here. Yeah, off the Brisbane coast because there's only one bridge that goes on to Bribie Island. One way in, one way out. One way in, one way Yeah, but you know, at least it's a way out. Just, do, you have a, do you have a boat with you? In well, this case? There are boats on Bribie Island. You can just find one. Okay. Can you drive a boat? It's 
It's not hard to drive a boat. <laughs> okay, I'll never try it. Turn Continue. the motor on and fucking go. I mean, if need be, you can swim across the channel. Like, it's not long. It's not far. Okay. I think at the tip of Caloundra, you could probably walk, which means the zombie's good, so it's probably not a good idea. Um, but then most of the zombies there, it's... The population of Bribe Island is like 80% retirees. So <laughs> you're not going to have too hard They're a already in God's waiting room. Yeah, you're not going to have too many issues taken out of an Gym old person junkie, zombie. zombie or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like there's there's lots of, you know, supplies there. <laughs> <laughs> lots of fish and chip shops and libraries. Well, what, are, okay. what are you bringing with you on this boat? Who are you bringing with you on this no, boat? No, I don't need a boat. Like you can drive there. Okay. Because you drive across the bridge and then park something across the bridge, create a mm. barricade on the bridge. Okay. So that zombies can't get there. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents live there. So okay. if they're still around, then they can make me some nice food. Sure. Uh and if not, unfortunate, but at least I'll have a house I'm familiar with. Uh, and then just, I don't know, if I'm alive, still spe- spend the rest of however long trying to clear out the island and create my own safe haven. You know what you got to do? you got to go to Bribey Island, then destroy that one way in, one way out, and then you clear the zombies that are already on the island, then it's fucking yours. Yeah, I was thinking about that. But as long as you bring me. <laughs> <laughs> but to destroy the bridge, A, how the fuck do you destroy a bridge? Uh, some sort of explosive. I don't know how to make explosives. Look, if a flood can wipe out <laughs> like the sandbars and shit there. Uh, B, I'm thinking maybe you'd want to keep the bridge just in case you need to escape or something. I don't know. Learn to fly a plane. <laughs> I think it has its own airstrip, I think. Okay, there you so, go. There you go. You're in. Actually, it probably doesn't. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't... Uh... We could keep recording the pod. And we could broadcast it on the radio station for survivors. <laughs> there you go. It's the least create a bit of uh, content yeah. for the end of the world. Realistically, I'd probably just die. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've put a lot of thought into it over the years, but I haven't thought about it recently. But it'd be good to like get a bunch of supplies and food and things like in the early beginnings. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't want to stay somewhere populated or suburban. So I'd probably get what I need and get the hell out of Dodge and go like... Somewhere remote, either go west or go east and find a boat. But can't survive like well, on a boat on, forever. Where are you go on the boat? Exactly. So I'd probably go west somewhere, mm-hmm. hole up west and make trips east when I need things. Just try and outlive them. Yeah, bring the folks, bring some friends, see what we can do. So you just you just go out west to survive the zombie apocalypse, and then ten years later you go back and realize that it only lasted a week. Yeah, oh Jesus. <laughs> Have a bit of uh, be like that dude that like stayed. Where was he? He was like in Vietnam or something, and he was like thinking he was still hiding from the guerrillas, oh, yeah, the, and then yeah. turns out the war ended like years and I think years that was, beforehand. I think that was a like a Japanese soldier. Yeah, who was like still his his last standing order was to like stay hidden there. Like ready, and so there was like years passed, yeah, and then he was eventually found or something, mm. and yeah, he's like he didn't know the war was over. He just thought it had gone this long, and he's yeah. following orders. That'd be me, except I'd just be like reading and <laughs> <laughs> writing and making music in my hut in the western valleys of of rural Queensland or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. All right, well, do you have anything else to say? I think we've uh, pretty, no, much, I think pretty much talked about everything we need to. That's pretty much it. Yeah, zombie films, man, they're, they're fun because like it lets you live in a world that um, you can fantasize about what you might do in that situation, which is why I like them. And um, just it also opens up like that door for heaps of cool effects with the fact that you've got like corpses walking around and 
they can go to like extreme lengths to survive, blow shit up and mm. create fortifications and badass vehicles. So. I guess it's the horror genre that allows for the most just gore because sure. they're surrounded by dead bodies. So yeah. A, no one's going to feel bad that they're dying mm. and B, they're already dead. So you can just show them being fucking blown up their heads chopped off heads blown open so i feel like it'd be a lot of fun for like makeup artists and directors to play around with that but also the actors to just kind of like like live out that dream (laughs) of like just running a market an empty mall or something Mm -hmm. but no that's pretty much it all right well uh we'll catch you uh next week then Mm -hmm. friday 5 p.m until then check us out on the social medias Twitter, not Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, Deadass Pod. Yep, Spotify, all that sort of jazz. All that jazz. And we'll be right back. <laughs>